Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Faye Answered Questions. This is a very special edition because we're all in the same room. Woohoo! Look out. Yeah. And this week I'm joined by my parents. Hello mom, hello dad. Hello. G'day all. Oh, and this week, um, first of all, Merry Christmas. <laughs> happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. All of that stuff. Uh, second of all, the question that we have this week is about credit and debt. Good debt, bad debt. Is there a good kind of debt? So let's get into it. First things first, how do I check my credit score? I think probably first thing needs to be what is credit score? Okay, well. Let's start basic. <laughs> what is a credit score then? So credit score is a score out of 800 that banks and financial institutions use to determine whether or not they're going to lend you money. So a credit score is made up of a couple of things. So firstly, 35% of your credit score is made up on your payment history. So that takes into account any late payments, any you know, if you're making your payments on time, if you file bankruptcy, those kind of things. So that's 35% of your score. 30% is on the amount that you owe. That's pretty easy to understand just how much debt you've got. 10% is based on new credit. So whether you go and open up another credit card or get another bank loan, that's 10% of your score. Uh, 15% of your score is the length of your credit history, how long you've had credit, how long you've had certain types of credit. So if you've had a a credit card for 10 years, you know, that makes up 15% of your score. And then 10% is uh, your credit mix. So that is the different types of credit, home loan, auto loan, credit cards, that kind of stuff. That That makes up the other 10%. Um, also, the th- in that 30% the score of amounts owed, it takes into account how much you have available. So whatever your card balance, and I'll use a credit card as an example, if you have a card balance of $1,000 and you owe $999, then you only have $1 available to you, and that will really negatively impact your credit score. So that's how your credit score is determined, and it's used by financial institutions to decide whether or not they're going to extend credit. Okay, so for me, I know I don't have a credit card or anything, and the only debt or, I guess, loans that I have are student loans at the moment. Thank college. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what, what would that look like, I guess, for, for my credit score? Because that's something I've never checked, so I know... Uh, got like at least 80% of your breakdown with how much I owe, that sort of stuff. But that 10% where it says like new lines of credit. Student loans don't play in too much. They do, but not heavily. You're kind of in a unique position because you've not had to use credit. You've been able to pay cash for your car. You've, you do not have to have at this point your housing's all taken care of so you're not having to put any utilities in your name having utilities in your name does help your credit score a bit it's a utility credit score it does go on it so what i'm hearing is i have no credit whatsoever 
<laughs> no credit is not necessarily a bad thing. I, I think the thing, particularly in this country, because it's so heavily driven by consumerism and the need to spend and to the need to spend more than you earn, people put a heavy emphasis on having a credit score and having a, you know, a solid credit score. But, you know, do you really need credit and do you need a credit score? If you pay cash for everything and you live within your means and you save like they used to do, you don't need credit and you don't need a credit score. I mean, maybe, maybe I could see it when you go and buy a house, but back in the day, they used to save up and pay cash. That was the deal. This country has been driven to a, how much is the monthly payment? for the credit, not how much is it going to cost you overall. And that is a detriment to a lot of young people starting out. They go, I'm making X with this credit card, this credit card. Oh, I have a credit card to Alta, Sephora, department stores, whatever. Oh, I can afford X amount of a month for something else. And that is a detriment because what happens when you no longer have that job or you can keep your job, but you have to take a pay cut. You can't afford any of that. So that's living beyond your means. And that's where credit can become a problem. That's one thing I never understood is all the different department stores and stuff. Like everybody seems to be issuing a credit card. How they, how they do it, how they get people to do it is um, you go to, to make your purchase in store or online, even that it'll pop up there and, Oh, Hey, if you apply for a credit card today, we can give you 10% off of your total purchase. If you get approved for it, it's another X amount of percentage off. Well, that's great for an immediate satisfaction to your shopping need, but they can do that because the interest that you will be paying on what you're purchasing and the more you purchase, the more you're paying on it, they're making more money. So for them to do that is kind of what they call a loss leader to get you in the door, get you doing that. Do you really need an old Navy credit card? Do you really need a credit card for your makeup store? Absolutely not. Yeah. uh, the, The issuance of credit, in this country has become such a big business and has generated so much revenue for businesses and companies here that that's why everyone offers it. And that's why now we have these payday loan places because people are going to them and borrowing against the paycheck that they get in the future. And if you really look at those things, they're charging you like 100 plus percent interest to borrow. It's ridiculous. You can never get out of debt with those places. Don't go to payday loan places. That's stupid. (laughs) So I think one of your questions you had, Josh, was what's what's a good credit and what's bad credit to do? Yeah, and different types of debt. So like a Bad debt would be, for for us personally, I think, is any 
store credit card. You really don't need that. We were able to renovate a house without using a big box store credit card. We just paid cash for it and, and, and did it that way. And it was about what it was big money. Um, (laughs) So we didn't have to pay interest on what we were doing. Plus, you know, everything else, we kept it to where we paid cash and did what we needed to do. I really think credit cards, not a big fan of them. We do have one. This is a trap that a lot of people get into. They go, well, I'll just get a small one for emergencies. Mm-hmm. Like if I have to travel somewhere or gas or, you know, it, it, it's just for emergency. Well, it's quite funny how a lot of things become emergencies and fall into that category when it's really, truly not. Yeah, that pack of hot Cheetos is necessary, I said. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> you know, so that one, it, it depends on how disciplined you are and if you really need it or not. I mean, not, do I think you need a credit card, Josh? No, I really don't think you do. You know, necessary credit may be a car. So you have a car and it's paid for or almost paid for whatever. There's a wreck. There's a, a catastrophic engine failure. You need a car to get where you're going. So you may have to then look for that. And I think at that point, you really have to, you have to do your research and find the best deal for you. Like we've always told you guys buy use, don't take the hit first up. With the exception of your sister, we did tell her to buy new and helped her through that process because of her situation and what she was doing and the miles she for work she puts on her car. It was a better option for her to go with a new car. Yeah, I bought a used car and that thing is falling apart on me. It seems like every other day something's wrong with it. <laughs> but it's not that bad. <laughs> It's not. I want to go back just quickly and and touch on something Mom said earlier, which was the gearing of this country towards the monthly payment. If you go back in your history, particularly in the United States, and that has fed into the rest of the world, back in the 70s, there was a decision made by the government of the United States, pushed by the Federal Reserve and the major banks in the United States, to move everyone to stop looking at the price of goods and services and start looking at the cost per month. And it was because the banks wanted to charge people interest And that was when these banks started making billions of dollars. They backdoored everyone into more debt so that they could make bigger profits. And they used the American people uh, to do that. And the government backed the entire thing. For instance, before the 70s, people would look at going to buy a new car And if they were buying a car, they would tell you, I'm looking at a new car. It's going to cost me about 
$2,500 or, you know, $3,000 or whatever the price was. Nowadays, when people say, oh, I'm going to go get a car, and you're like, oh, really? And they don't talk about how much the car costs. They talk about how much the monthly payment's going to be. Yeah, man, oh, that's a really nice car. Yeah, it's only it's only $400 a month. Yeah, but now that's over six years. Plus your interest. So Plus your much? interest. Mm. So, you know, you're paying what might have been a $30,000 car is now going to cost you $40,000 because you've had to pay interest on the loan that you got to buy it. Don't finance a vehicle. When it comes to what's good debt and what's bad debt, it's really very easy. Bad debt is anything that depreciates in value. Good debt is anything that appreciates in value. And I'll even go on a limb here and say a house that you buy to live in is bad debt because it doesn't necessarily appreciate in value and it costs you a lot of money. A lot of money, not only in interest, but in taxes, in upkeep, insurance. insurance. The, there's a lot that goes into that. The only time that buying a house is not an appreciated asset is when you buy it to rent it. Then I will tell you that's good debt. There's a lot of hidden stuff that goes into owning houses and cars like I didn't know how much money it was going to cost just in getting you know putting like gas in my car every week insurance, insurance on it that was a nice kicking them <laughs> kicking the balls kicking the balls right there and then I, I yeah. you have to register the vehicle so there's tax with that there's you know your rego fees are every year you have to do it it's a continuing cost you have to look at your situation and go, okay, and make those hard decisions early for what you want in the future. If you're looking at things going, I'm happy to work and live paycheck to paycheck and have so much per month and payments going out for all the good stuff to keep up with the Joneses next door, and you're happy to work for 40, 45, 50 years after college, then by all means, go live your life and have, have fun, but don't complain because you chose that. If you don't want to work that plan and you want to be able to retire early or live debt-free, whatever you know floats your boat on that, then you look at it and you go, all right, I need to make sacrifices now to have delayed gratific- gratification for what I want later in life so I can enjoy it longer. So, you know, it could be that you look for alternative living arrangements. So you might be able to be a beach bum, live in a hut on the beach. (laughs) Don't talk to anybody. Be the weirdo. (laughs) Or you could find those people in, in, um, where you're living that have built a huge home, but they have a in-law suite or a granny flat over their garage. So go to them and say, hey, I'll pay you X amount a month for this, but I want it to include power water, you know, that because it's all hooked to your home. I'll get my own internet 
and then you're saving money there and you're living in a nicer neighborhood. That might be a way to do that. Or it could be that, yeah, you're a young professional, but you and a bunch of your friends get together and rent a house or an apartment. So it's not costing you as much. There's different alternatives to it. I mean, there's people boohoo it or whatever, but there's the tiny home movement. One way that people do that is they buy an RV, fix up the inside so it doesn't look like your grandparents live in there with the puffy furniture and the brown colors. <laughs> and you own that outright, but you're only paying for a parking spot. And you can take your home with you when your career moves and and moves forward. So I mean, like there's a lot of different options. You need to research it all. You need to understand when you're buying a house that the interest that goes along with that debt, depending on how much you do, you could be end up paying three times the amount your home was worth at the time you bought it, by the time it's paid off because of interest and whatnot. So if you can save up and put down a huge down payment and your house payment is less and then pay that off quicker, then you're knocking down the interest that goes with it. And your credit score is going to go up because you're paying that huge amount off. And one thing a lot of people don't realize is when you're dealing with a financial institution for lending, they look at what is called DTI, what is DTI? which is debt to income. So they're looking at the ratio of debt you have, and that is every kind of debt because they'll pull a credit report and it's going to have every card that you have, any kind of debt that you owe that's reported will be on there compared to your income. And then there's a certain amount that they can loan. And that also has to do with your interest that they'll give you, depending on what your DTI is, what your credit score is. So the better that that your credit score is and the less debt to income you have, the better rate you're going to get for a home loan, for a car loan, that type of thing. There's something else with credit you need to understand if you are having to car shop and you're looking and they're like, Oh, well, let me just see if you happen to be at a car yard. And they're like, let me see. I can, you know, we can check to see what we can get you on this. Tell them, no, I don't want you to run my credit. Every time they do a soft hit, which is just a quick look, it pings your credit. Your credit score can drop 10 to 25, 30 points on a weekend of car shopping because there's a ton of hits on it. So you tell them, no, my credit score isn't within this range. What can you do? I don't want you doing a soft hit. You're going to mess my credit up. Yeah. Why does, why does you, well, two questions. Why does your credit score drop whenever you check it or someplace checks it like that? And two, where can I go to check my credit score? Your credit score drops a bit because you're having an inquiry. So that means that there looks like there's going to be another open line of credit happening. So it, they yeah, just got set up. So they want you to open lines of credit. Why would that count against you if you're looking to open another one? Because when your score goes down, the interest rate goes up and the behind the scenes make more money. Yeah. Vultures. All of them. <laughs> what was your second question? Sorry. Oh, where can I go to check my credit score? All right. There's a lot of different places out there that you can check it. I mean, you've heard of uh, Credit Karma mm -hmm. to check that, which is 
okay to give you an idea of what it is. I've had a lot of people that I know have used it and it's not reporting correctly. Mm. There's open lines of credit on there that they don't even have. That's not theirs. Um, or it's reporting the amounts incorrectly, the payoffs incorrectly. Mm. You can go to what they call a trimerge is the three main credit or credit companies that the banks and lenders use. You mean Experian that had the big uh, data leak yes. recently? Experian. Uh, that was like Maybe half yeah. of all Americans' data was. Yeah. <laughs> the, the three big credit reporting bureaus, you are able once a year to get a free credit report <laughs> from them. And you can go to freecreditreport.gov, I think. I think that's what it is, oh, and you can sign up for it. I was about to start singing the commercial from like 10 years ago. The F-R-E-E, that spells free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, free, I think that's freecreditreport.gov, um, or you can just go to one of the three major credit bureaus' websites and you can get a free FICO score. FICO score, and it will show you what you have open and what is on your credit report, and you can go through it which you need to do every year to make sure that no one has stolen your credit. Well, I guess I know what I'm doing this afternoon. Uh, the other thing is, if you do have something that is on that they're reporting on your credit report that is not you, you can fight it yourself. You can write. You, you got to take some time. It's not you know it's not a walk in the park, but you can. You can contact via email the, the credit reporting bureaus, and you, if you can prove to them that's not yours, they will remove it from your credit report. There is no need to pay someone hundreds of dollars to fix your credit score. You can do it yourself. Most, I, when I used to work in lending and in the banking industry, and we would have clients come in looking to buy a house or whatever, and they would look at their credit report. They may never have seen it. And they're like, that's not mine. That's not mine. It has about a 10-year history on there. Or, you know, something was reported wrong. They will then say, well, this is what you need to do to contact. There's no, They have to give you a copy of the credit report. There's numbers on there for you to call all three of the credit bureaus. If you correct it with one, they typically end up correcting it with all three. It You do have to adult. And it is work but it's better to do it yourself than pay somebody to do it if it's pretty simple stuff and it's it's not that hard to to fix and you do need to check it to make sure that you know it is reporting correctly because it does affect your score which then affects your interest rates when you go to make a huge purchase to give you a give you guys a real world example, I guess let's say you're buying a three hundred thousand dollar home. All right, the bank's going to require twenty percent down payment, so you're going to have to come up with sixty grand to put down on the house, which means that your mortgage that you're going to take out with the bank is going to be two hundred and forty thousand, and in our days in this country, that's a low mortgage. That is a really low mortgage. I said that doesn't sound as bad as. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just base. That's there's, the that's the mortgage you're taking out. But then there's more that goes on top. And of it. so then you've got, and I'm just I'm not even going to get into mortgage insurance and any of that sort of stuff. But 
uh, so you're taking out $240,000 mortgage, and because the Federal Reserve's lowered interest rates, you can, if you've got a good credit score, you can get a 2% interest rate right now. So you're going to get charged 2% on 240000 over 30 years. Okay, so you're going to make 360 monthly payments. All right, and that monthly payment is going to be $1,170.42 per month for that $240,000 mortgage, which over the life of a 30-year mortgage comes to $421,351.22. That's like almost double. You almost double what you borrowed in payments back to the bank. Oof. Almost double it. Yikes. So, it's only $1,100 payment a month. And that's what people for I've got this great house and it's only costing me $1,100 a month. No, it's costing you almost... Four hundred and something thousand dollars. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy how much you need to start looking at. That's why I'm saying a house, man. A house is not necessarily good debt. It's just not, and there's no guarantee that your real estate is going to appreciate. Look at the 0809 crash. People that bought a house for five hundred thousand dollars. To a week before the crash, when the crash happened, was sitting in a hundred and fifty thousand dollar home. They were way upside they, down. They, they were what we call upside down or underwater in there. And most of those people just walked away and stopped paying the bank and stopped. You just just walked away from the home and had to file bankruptcy or, you know, they went through a foreclosure procedure with the bank and just destroyed what credit history they had. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into good debt and bad debt. If you can borrow money right now at, say, 2% and have an investment that is going to pay you 4 or 5%, which would be really good, by the way. If you can make 5% right now on any sort of investment, that would be great. Um, then, yes, I would say... Go get some money borrowed at 2% because you're going to make 5%, so you got 3% profit. Um, but you've really got to be careful. Mum and I learned too late, I guess. We wouldn't have, If we had it to do it again, we would not have got in situations, in situations that we got into during our life. We are very much against going into debt. In fact, we're on an accelerated yeah, we're get on out an of debt acceler plan. accelerated get out of debt plan real quick. Warren Buffett and Mark Cuban don't have credit cards and don't believe in credit cards. They think they're the worst thing that was ever invented. So if you've got two billionaires that aren't recommending credit cards, probably a good idea not to have one. Yeah. I mean they also don't need a credit card. But they didn't they have didn't one. have Mark Cuban's never had one and neither is Warren Buffett. Ah. Ever. They've so the, never got into it. That, that excuses, oh, well, they have all the money. They don't need it. No, they lived within their means and below their means so that they could get where they are now. They made those early sacrifices to reap the benefits and enjoy a stress-free life. It's, it's amazing how much your pay and how far your paycheck will go if you don't have debt. So, so what I'm hearing... Yes, and I'm basically a billionaire right now. <laughs> In the making. In the making. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think the only thing that Mark Cuban and Warren Buffett have to do with Visa and MasterCard is they own shares. <laughs> You're making the right to the other one. <laughs> no, we won't have it, but we'll... We'll make buy, we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll buy into it. Don't get it. Go, don't get a credit card from them. Just buy shares in the company. Yeah. I, I think it's very important to, in this, especially in this day and age, with all the technology and the information right at your fingertips, take the time to do your research on what you're looking at doing. I mean, it, it took it took that two seconds to look online and go, okay, here's how much you're paying if you do a loan for a house for this. Take that time, look at it, and you're really going to have to look at what your life goals are, your long-term goals, what you're wanting to do as to what you do with your money. It's your responsibility. It's part of being an adult. Yeah, adulting sucks, but you know what? You're of that age and it's not going away. You're just going to have to embrace it and go on with it. And, you know, there are days that we don't want to adult, but you have to. And you need you need to look at the whole big picture of what you're looking at. So if you're looking at buying a car, do you really need that new BMW or Mercedes that are whatever that's going to cost you $500 a month. But it goes fast and it looks nice. <laughs> it, yeah, it may go fast and look nice, but um, I know somebody that has a, a BMW that it's $500 per tire. Per tire? Per tire. Spending two grand to retire your car? Yes. You know, and you're, and you're looking at oil changes and services. How much is that? I mean, we have a mechanic friend that that the big joke is, do you know what BMW stands for? And we're like British motor work or Berlin, Berlin motor works. He goes, no, he said, bring money with hmm. it's expensive, you know, so look at all of those things. So if you have a Toyota Corolla Camry, whatever, and it's still going, but it's 15 years old, who cares? Is it paid for? you're better off than the guy next to you that's in a luxury car that's probably making payments on it plus his insurance on it. So, you know, look at that stuff because when you buy a new car and you're having to finance it, your lender requires that you have full coverage insurance on it. And so if you are young, if you are... That's a lot of money. <laughs> it is. If you're, if you're a young person... <laughs> under the age of 30, male or female, and you're having to put full coverage on your car, you're paying more in full coverage for your car, even if it's the same one that I have, than I'm paying because I'm older and supposedly wiser and don't drive as crazy. Don't get in front of me <laughs> when I'm driving. You know, I, I put minimum insurance on my car, the state requirement, and I, was, I almost had a heart attack with how much that costs. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's one of those things where you need to do the research to figure out exactly what the final cost is. So if you're really thinking of getting a credit card, I would take some time to think about that. You know, put it on ice for a month and really think about it and go, do I need it? Can I live within my means? Is there any reason I truly need to have a $5,000 credit card? <laughs> Am I going to abuse that or can I be disciplined with myself? 
And I'll be honest with you, the majority of kids under 30 are not responsible. Some are, but the majority, again, are not. And they'll go, oh, well, oh, it's okay. I can go out with my friends and pay cash because I can put everything else on the credit card this month. It's fine. It sounds like Ben. Well, the, <laughs> the problem with doing that is then you are paying interest on necessity. So if you use it for grocery shopping and don't pay it off, you're paying that exorbitant interest rate on your groceries. Yeah, I think that's the, the thing with credit. In this day and age, you're going to need to have some kind of credit score. It's just the way the world has gone and the way it operates. But I would be very, very selective on how you did it. If you want a credit card, fine, but you must pay that dude off every month without fail. Otherwise, you're going to pay interest. I understand credit cards, you know, they and they come up with all the gimmicks and all the tricks to get you to do it. You know, oh, there's frequent flyer points or there's, you know, cash back or whatever it is. That's fine, but... You have to get discipline to pay it off every month. Don't pay interest on it. And that's the big problem. What what we've done in this country is we've strapped people into paying interest. And at the moment, because of the financial crunches that we're in, interest rates are low. But they won't always be low. I can remember a time in my life when interest rates on a mortgage were 19%. Jeez. I can remember a time where if you got a credit card that had less than 30% interest, you did really well. 30? Uh, yeah. That sounds illegal. <laughs> well, there's, law, there's laws in place to help. to help with that now, and I think they're even trying to debate a law now in Congress for capping interest on a credit card at 10%. But still, 10%. Just $10 on every hundred. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of money. It is. You know, and people go, oh, it's just 10 bucks. Oh, okay. Well, if you don't want $10, go to the comment section, okay, and let me know that you're safe and happy to give $10 a month away, and I'll send you my address. (laughs) (laughs) Okay? Because you'll make me a very rich man. you got to be smart with it, but, you know... You've got to be very careful about it. all this interest and everything else. Like, uh, Mum and I went there. We got a wild hair one weekend, and we decided, hey, let's go look at RVs and that kind of stuff. And we kind of went to an RV dealership and looked through some RVs and saw what they were selling for. And then we were like, man, if we got a fifth-wheel RV, we'd have to get a new truck because we don't have a truck to pull it, so we'd mm. have to buy a truck. So then we decided, oh, well, we'll stop in at a vehicle dealership and we'll look at trucks and what we I about fell out at how much a pickup truck is in our days. I had no idea that you could spend $85,000 on a pickup truck. I'm sorry. I'm spending $85,000 on a vehicle. I'm getting a Porsche again. Sorry. (laughs) I'm not spending it on a Ford truck. Sorry if you like Fords. I'm just not. I, I grew up driving trucks and I'm like done with that. And that is ridiculous money. If I'm spending 85 grand, it's going to the stock market or somewhere it's going to make me money. 
That or it's going to be I a am boat. not buying a depreciation item. <laughs> if I'm paying that much, I'm going to live in that thing. <laughs> I mean, seriously, for 85000 we could buy a boat and still have money to invest. Yeah. Mm, and this is a boat that we could blue water sail. Around the world. Around the world. For less than the cost of a truck. This is what we're talking about. Look at the bigger picture. Take a minute. If you're just deciding, oh, I want something new, go and look. There's nothing wrong with looking. Figure out how much it is. Take the time to then take a month to look at it and and do some research and figure out how much that's going to cost you and go, oh, do I really want to spend X for the next time? Because let's face it, most people buy a new vehicle and within two to four years before it's even paid off, they're trading it up on something better. The mm. next latest, greatest, whatever. You can only do it, trade up. What did we decide the other day, Dad? Like twice? Three times. Three times. And then you're stuck with that third car because you are upside down, which means you owe more than it's worth. Because every time you trade it in, the dealership goes, oh, well, we'll give you this. What they don't tell you is they're rolling that back into that new loan for that car. You're still paying. You're not getting that great of a deal. And they'll finagle it to get your monthly payment down where you want it. Yeah, it reminds me of a guy. Um, back when I was up in the Chicago area, he had just he gotten injured, kind of like me. But he was looking at vehicles to buy because he was going to go back home and get a new job, that sort of thing. But he was looking online at that new, those new Ford Broncos. They're out there, though. They were like 45000 And he ended up buying one. But I was like, okay, so you got injured and you don't really have a job right now. I was like, how much do you, like, do you have enough saved up for this? He's like, oh, it'd be fine. Like, oh, I can take care of it. So I, I wonder how he's doing <laughs> with his $45,000 or more Bronco that he bought. Yeah, it's craziness. It's like, I don't know if you remember the conversation we had with Ben or if you were even privy to it. But your brother was talking about going out and buying a vehicle. And he was talking about going and buying a relatively new vehicle. He was at least smart enough to know, don't buy a brand new vehicle. Um, But uh, he was talking about buying a vehicle. And after I talked to him for a little bit, I said, why? And he was like, well, I just want something, you know, which was fine. And during the course of that conversation that we were having, I said to him, I said, let me ask you a question. If you go out and buy a 2018 Mercedes-Benz, what do you have? And he goes, a 2018 Mercedes-Benz. I said, and that's what you're driving, right? He went, yep. I said, but if you go and buy cash for a 2008 Mercedes-Benz, what do you have? He goes... 2008 Mercedes-Benz. I said, you're driving a Mercedes-Benz. You're still driving a Benz. One you owe nothing on and one you owe a fortune on. 
but you're still driving a Benz. It's the mm-hmm. same thing, you know. And I know you've got a few issues with your car, yeah. Um, but you can go and get rid of it and go buy something brand new or newer. Let me put it that way. Guess what? You can still have issues with it. Yeah. So at least you know what is wrong with your vehicle. So if you go and fix it, yes, it's going to cost you a little bit of money to get it fixed. I understand that. Um, But as you know, because I've sent you links and stuff, you can do it yourself. Um, So, which I recommend, fix everything you can yourself. Uh, Mechanics Uh, will... And rip you off and it'll cost an arm and a leg to get everything done. I don't... Uh, yeah, I'm not so much that they're going to rip you off, but it does cost. You're going to pay about $100 an hour for a mechanic to work on your vehicle. Yep. So you may as well work on it yourself. Those things that you can do, there are some things you can't do. Alright? But do what you can yourself. It's cheaper. Uh, but once you fix everything that's on your broken on the car and the car is running great, then it wasn't such a bad investment. Right. I mean, it's just going to cost you a little bit. So credit, be very, 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 very careful about going into debt. I would I would not recommend it. I, mm-hmm. I really wouldn't. I am a pay cash. I think, you know, in your 20s, you definitely need to start sucking money away uh, for retirement. People look at me like I'm crazy, but years fly by, and before you know it, you're looking around mm-hmm. going, holy crap, I'm not 20 anymore. Um, And you've got to have money in retirement. Go online. I bombard you and your Mm -hmm. brother and sister with all sorts of financial crap on the family chat that we have. It's all times, almost every day, folks. But it's good financial information that will set you up for the future so that you're not beholden to someone. Don't get in a trap of having so much debt that you have to stay at a job that you hate simply to pay back what you owe. That is stupid. It It's soul-crushing, personality-crushing to have that debt and to have that hanging over your head going, I have to go into this job and spend more time at this job than I do at home. And I'm spending time with people I don't necessarily like that irritate the fire out of me that are just stupid or whatever, and I'm not getting anywhere because I have all of this stuff. And that's what it comes down to is stuff. What are you, I mean, great. So your house looks fantastic and looks like it belongs in, you know, architectural digest or a design magazine, but are you enjoying it? Do you like it? Do you actually spend time there enjoying it or, or are you spending all your time working and doing side hustles to pay for it. If you're doing that, it's probably time to sit down and reevaluate your life. Yeah, I think finally, because we're running out of time real quick, I think final note is if you really stop and look at your life, the reason you're in debt is because, or the reason people go into debt is because they are trying to keep up with the Joneses. It's you go out and buy a new purse simply because Susie next door went out and bought a new purse. When your neighbors get a new car, you feel like you need to go get a new car. And you got to, and you don't only get what they got, you've got to get something better so you look like you're doing better than they do. And that's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it comes down to you're buying crap that you do not need 
to keep up with people that you do not like. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. Do yourself a favor. Stop spending money. Start saving and investing your money. Earn interest on it. And in 10 years' time, you'll be able to buy the house across the street from your neighbors when they go broke. So time will pass so fast. You know, they may have made fun of you because you're still driving a 10-year-old car. I'm driving a 20-year-old car. And thank you very much. I'm happy with it. It's paid for. But people will turn around in 10 years' time and go, wait a minute, they're... Where are they? Oh, they're on vacation again, or they're only work. What? And they become jealous of you because you put in the hard yards at the beginning because you knew what you wanted in the end and you delayed that gratification. And then that is going to last longer than they will ever imagine if they don't get out of debt. I think that's the thing for us is uh, we've got people older than us that are retiring or getting to retirement age and we're actually now talking about retiring and they're looking at us going, but you're not in your 60s. Damn straight. <laughs> I'm not working my butt off for 45 years and then retiring. That is not my deal. There's enough resources online. Go to YouTube. Go wherever you've got to go. A couple that I'll throw out there real quick just for shits and giggles. Mr. Money Mustache, go look what he's got to say. He's got a blog. He's great. He he retired in his 30s. On YouTube, there's a, uh, a channel called Our Rich Journey. Aman and Christina, they retired in their 40s, I think. Late 30s, early 40s. They've got a great channel with huge amount of information just on their channel. It's, it's phenomenal. That's a great resource. Um, they retired with children still at home and they're retired and they're getting to spend those teenage years, those critical years with their kids. Yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to put in the, uh, the playing off music. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. Thanks. And on that note, I've been Josh. I'm mom. I'm dad the greatest. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of Say Answer Your Questions. And remember, fuck credit cards. <laughs>